Hi. Again. Look at this little setting. Isn't this nice? We're all just just relaxing up here. Uh, So like I said before, this is a special week. Uh, We're calling it Ask, and we asked you guys to submit questions to us through email or uh, Facebook or the the inserts in your programs, and you guys did. Uh, There are a lot of questions, and we we are going to try our best to answer as many as we can. Uh, We can't get to all of them because we could be here a while and we have an 11 o'clock service. So uh, we need to do as much as we can, but we're excited to answer these, and hopefully at the end you'll, you'll be helped and more informed, and, and so uh, let me introduce uh, the, the panel of people up here. We have our uh, adult life pastor, Kevin Dimming, our family life pastor, Buck Webb, and our teaching pastor, and the founder of the church, Timothy Herring. I like to say that, because some people may not know that. I think about. Jesus was the founder, but... Yeah, okay. I, Yes, thank you, Tim. All right, now you made me look horrible. Okay, we're going to just dive into it right now with a hard-hitting question that everybody has been wondering, everyone's been asking, and the question is, uh, what did Mike actually have in the giant backpack while walking around campus? I know you all were wondering that. I got it. Do you? Yeah. It was uh, a bunch of balloons. He's, Mike is a master of the balloon arts and animals. I did not know that. Yeah. You just lied. That's horrible. Oh. Uh, no, but it is a kind of an inflatable. So it's amazing what you can find on eBay. I'll just say that first of all. Uh, but it came with a, like a green, like blow up kind of inflatable thing, and it looks like there's a bunch of stuff in there. But really, it's just nothing. It's a balloon, and it was really light. I will say though, that day it was very hot and humid, and when he took that thing off. The back of his shirt. He either was, uh, looks really, really small or it's a really big backpack. Yeah, no, it's a big backpack. Okay. His shorts don't help because the shorts look really big on him. But he was very uh, sweaty at the end and I found it humorous. Uh, let's move on to the next question, which kind of ties in. Who comes up with the ideas for the funny videos? Uh, it's really kind of a team effort. We have a creative team, programming team, that uh, thinks creatively all the time about different things, uh, services and, and, and creative ways that we can engage people each and every week. And so uh, it's really kind of a collaboration. Uh, we look at pop culture and see what's happening there. Uh, And uh, this was just uh, an idea that we came up with. It really had nothing to do with anything. We just wanted a fun way to welcome back college students. And we said, let's give Mike a big backpack and let him walk around campus. And he did, and it was phenomenal. So if you haven't seen it, go to our Facebook page and watch it. It is a delight. All right, let's get to the next question. This is actually from one of our sister churches I won't say who, or should I? Should I just say who? All right, River Ridge submitted this question. Which of these churches do you love more, River Ridge in Charleston or Southridge Church in Fairmont? Tim, why don't you answer that one? Well, since uh, River Ridge asked the question, of course, they're the ones I love the most. (laughs) But if Southridge had asked, I would have said Southridge. (laughs) Well... That's a great answer. There's mud. Um, it's, like, it's like asking who your favorite kid is, right? You're not going to, I mean, inside you know, but you're not going to say it out loud. That's, that's true. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, right now my favorite kid is uh, my daughter. The twin boys are just driving me bonkers. It's, it's a mess. You guys don't have a board at your house where you just rank them all the time so they kind of know? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. But right now they're young enough to where if I say it out loud, they're not going to remember any of it. So, And people think I'm a horrible person for doing it. I love both my sons equally. All right. Uh, Next question. How many churches would you like to have associated with uh, Chestnut Ridge? I don't know that we want to limit, but we, uh, about 15, 20 years ago, came up with a list of the 10 cities that we were hoping we could be in. 
we felt like if we were in those 10 cities, we could uh, really get the gospel out to literally every man, woman, and child in the state of West Virginia. And so 15 years ago, we started our Charleston church plant. Uh, then uh, 10 years ago, we started one in Fairmont. Uh, since that time, our Charleston church has started a church in Tays Valley. And our Fairmont church this year started uh, another church in uh, Bridgeport, Clarksburg area. And then our next church plant we're aiming for is Wheeling the spring of 2020. So we're just, uh, just going to continue growing and going. All the churches, by the way, are doing really encouragingly well. So it's, it's uh, awesome to just see. Just keep going. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and the lines of kind of looking to the future, uh, this next question I think ties in really well. Uh, what is beyond and what are the funds used for? And then another question came in that we felt like the answer could be similar. What are your long-term goals or dreams for at Chestnut Bridge Church? All right. Well, beyond, uh, you've heard us talk a lot about that. We're calling it a, a generosity initiative, but it's really our plan for the future. Uh, some time ago, we asked the question, what do we want to do in the next 15, 10 years how, does, uh, how do we feel God wants to use us in greater ways? And uh, we came up with a number of ideas, and then beyond is partially the funding to do that. So we, um, we approached the congregation about raising about $3 million. Uh, so far, about $2 million has been pledged, and about uh, a third of it has already come in. Uh, the four main areas that we're hoping to use this for, number one is uh, children's areas. We just are convinced that youth... That's the future, that's the next generation, but we're running out of rooms upstairs. We don't have large enough rooms for the high school and middle schoolers to meet, and so we're turning the downstairs into a youth center, and upstairs we're, well, that's gonna be beautiful when we're done. It's gonna be similar to what's downstairs, only maybe uh, for older kids, uh, very interesting. We, we're building some more classrooms for kids because we're running out of space want to put in a, um, out front a soccer field and a variety of other things. Uh, that's one, just one area, the youth, and investing in, in our children. Um, a second area is fixing the environments around here. The building's about 12 years old. It's not just about getting new things, though. We view that our, we have an opportunity to be hospitable to tens of thousands of people in the course of a year. Over 100,000 people come through our doors, and we, we want things to be done well for them regardless of where it is. And so we've identified areas in which we want to improve. Third, we want to knock down some debt. And so we purchased this land out front. Uh, some of the beyond money is going to go toward that. And then finally, we're trying to reach outside of our doors. So we want to be blessing a lot of different groups that are out there, uh, ministries that are out there, also international missions. We want to be um, supporting them. Uh, I think we'll get a report about that coming up, but we uh, just sent or are just now sending $11,000 down to the Dominican Republic to help our church down there. But we're really helping to support a lot of different uh, ministries and things. I know, Buck, you're excited about what's happening in, uh, in family life ministry with, with the, the renovation of the DVA room and, 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 and uh, Wired and just the, what's going to be happening. Room. Student and room, excuse me. Student, student room. room, yes. yes. Uh, Our high school students, they get to use it too. That's why we say that. Gotcha. But it's, it's exciting to see kind of the changes happening up there, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, we're in the process of that. We're hoping that that's, that'll be completed soon. We'll be able to get back into there and then as well uh, to, to uh, the beginning of the next year, uh, we hope to be able to uh, continue to, to renovate the upstairs elementary area and, and 
see some changes in there to kind of update some of our spaces there to help create great atmospheres and environments for kids to build relationships with small group leaders. So. And like Tim said, uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to give another Beyond update, let everyone know where we are with things. But if you want to be a part of Beyond or you want to know more about Beyond, we have booklets at our info kiosk that you can take with you. And uh, we have a page on our website as well, and you can learn more about it. Hopefully, you can come alongside of us on this journey as we continue uh, with this initiative. Let's move on to the next question, which is, does this church believe in tithing? All right. All the hard ones I get. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. No. That's what happens when you're the founder of the church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, the word tithe means a tenth, and in the Old Testament, of course, they were required or commanded from the law that was given to Moses for the people that they were to tithe. The question is, though, do we have to? We're not part of the Old Testament law. For example, we don't sacrifice animals and things like that. Uh, in, the, in simplest terms, we feel like Old Testament tithing, though, becomes a model for New Testament giving. So in the New Testament, if you read throughout the New Testament, uh, Paul and Jesus and others talk about generosity, talk about um, seeking first the kingdom of God and, and God's things. Um, Paul even linked New Testament giving with Old Testament, uh, the idea of tithing when he said, don't you remember that in the Old Testament, the Levites were supported through the giving of the people in the same way God has determined that those who serve him in the current age should be supported through their ministry. So we feel like it's, it's, um, it's not required by the law, but we feel like it's a, a step that Christians could take as a, trust, a way of trusting God and then uh, seeking first his kingdom because, um, you know, like I said, we're told seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, how do we do that except through our service to God and through giving? And, and so we look, at, I personally look at the Old Testament and I say, well, that was the basis for them. That's the starting point for me as well. But again, we're not under the law. All right. Next one is for you, Kevin. Thank you. You excited? Yes. Here we go. Uh, what is the best way to get connected at the church? And then another one that uh, can tie in as well. If I am currently only attending CRC at this time and I want to get more involved, what should I do? What a great question. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it is. It really is. Actually, for, for the, the first thing we want to say is, is that wherever you're at, uh, you want to take a next step towards uh, connecting and getting involved. We really uh, believe there are five places you can take a next step. And the first one is gathering, is, is coming here. Maybe you only attend once a month or you come a, a few times. I encourage you to say, how can you take a next step and be more involved with gathering? Hebrews uh, uh, 10.25 says, don't give up on meeting with one another. Instead, encourage one another to love and good deeds. And the second one that we want to encourage you with is to connect. And we believe connection takes place through, through groups and uh, as well as the third one through serving. Uh, and uh, serving, you can find community in that, as well as an opportunity to grow in your faith and, and reach out with uh, others and make a difference uh, right here, uh, as well as around the world. Uh, the fourth area is, is giving. Take a step in your giving, as, as Tim just talked about, with, with uh, kind of becoming generous and, and who we are with our time, our resources, our talents, our gifts. And then the fifth way is to be inviting. Uh, our, our statement here is we wanna be an inviting church to those who are turning to God. And so that means we wanna be welcoming, but also inviting people. I wanna encourage you, if you all have your program, you can actually uh, open it up, and inside there is an insert, 
Uh, if you didn't get that, uh, you, can, you can find one of our guest services team and then get you a copy of that. Also, if you need a pen, if you just lift your hand real quick, one of them will come over to you and, and get you a pen. But this is really easy. Take less than a minute to fill out. There's some check boxes, and it's how you can get connected uh, in groups. On the back of it are all the groups and, and uh, things we're offering this fall for you to connect with. On the front are some categories, and what we're going to do is we're going to send you an email with how you can officially register for these and get connected in those. So take just a moment, check those boxes, and you can uh, put them in on the exit. There's some uh, places to put these in, and we'll really help you to take that next step in connecting in a group. Uh, just to highlight a couple quick things, next Sunday we have our college event to get connected in a group. If you're a college student or know a college student, They'll want to connect after the service, as well as married couples. We have something coming up on the 16th. There's some short-term groups that last six to seven weeks, and there's starting point. Starting point, if you're someone who's trying to really take a next step in your faith and understanding uh, who God is, you have questions about your faith, uh, then after this service, you'll check with someone over in the conference room. You can learn more about that. As well as we have a lot of care groups from finances to divorce uh, to some care uh, support groups, as well as some grief opportunities for you to grow and be supported and cared for, uh, as well as that. That's a great way to connect and take your next step. So you could tell, you could hear that there are many ways that, that we want people to take a step into connect, connecting here at the Ridge because, like I said before, it is a big church and we want to make uh, a big church feel small and these are great ways to do that. So if you need a pin, raise your hand. I know it's weird, but it's fine. Just raise your hand if you need a pin. It's okay. We'll throw one at you. It'll be fine. All right, cool. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next question. This one's a little bit uh, lighter. Uh, what is... Uh, Pastor Tim's most embarrassing moment. I just want to know who submitted that question. Me too. <laughs> I, I, you know, I honestly can't tell you my most embarrassing moment because, frankly, it's too embarrassing. Well, that's not the <laughs> but, answer. Um, but my second, I can tell you my second most embarrassing. Oh, man, do I want to know the first one. <laughs> it, well, oh. it, is, it was just embarrassing. Um, You're but telling me later. But my second one, my second, I was uh, probably five or six, we went to a YWCA to go swimming. Our family did, and I was done um, getting ready afterwards before the rest and was standing by the elevator. I saw a little box that said, pull down. I, I just did what it said. I just said, pull down, and I, I pulled down. I don't know how I didn't know that was a fire alarm. The alarm went off within, I think it was one minute. The fire truck pulled out front. People ran in with axes in their hands, and I'm standing there. It was very embarrassing, yes. Wow. I'm still getting counseling for that. <laughs> you still, it's amazing. Five, six years old, and you're still holding on to that moment am, in your life. <laughs> Listen, so just let it go, Tim. Just let it go. It was all well, but Yeah, but I bet you you have. Uh, I have one that has yeah, yeah. actually happened on this stage. All right. Next question. No, I think. Okay, they here's want, the deal. Inquiring the minds deal. want to know. Oh yeah. man, this is bad. Well, at least it was for me. Uh, so you 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 sit up here every Sunday and 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 share the message. And so uh, I'm one week we were going to sing a song at the end of the service after your talk, and uh, I was backstage getting ready to go on while you prayed. So when you you pray, get set up, and we're good to go. Um, so uh, I thought you were praying. So I started to walk out on stage. And as I was walking halfway, I realized my microphone is on the opposite backstage. So I need to get that or I can't sing. So 
as I'm walking across stage, I look out into uh, the lovely crowd and I notice everyone's looking up at Tim and not praying. And I realized that you weren't praying at all. You were still talking. And so all everyone saw was Tim talking and Adam walking from one backstage area to the other. And uh, it was embarrassing. So I guess that was mine. Kevin, do you have any? <laughs> uh, I have tried to forget about all of my embarrassing moments. Buck? I've never been embarrassed. Awesome. Great answer. We can fix that. <laughs> uh, we're supportive here at the Ridge, yes, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, next question, what is your best parenting tip? So uh, let's all kind of maybe quickly give our best parenting tip, and we'll start with, with Buck. Yeah, so I would say um, as a non-parenting expert, so I don't consider myself to be an expert. I think all of us would probably echo that yeah. same thing. So we don't come as experts, but just as things that we would say. Um, I would say just being intentional um, and, that, and purposeful. Uh, in what you're trying to do with your kids and knowing like saying, hey, w when my kid gets to be a certain age, you know, wh how, what's the relationship I want to have with them and how am I fostering that? Um, and then knowing that, hey, seasons are going to change and what worked for this stage, you know, or this two months may not be the same thing that works in a couple months and being okay with that and, and resting in that. So, Tim? I would say uh, in our case, uh, giving them permission to make more mistakes because especially as in a ministry household, the kids are expected to be perfect. And, um, and I'm sure we said things all the time, like, now make sure when you're church and this and that, well, you end up with behavior, but maybe not getting the heart as much as you should. So I feel like I would have loved to have just told the congregation, chill, it's okay, they're gonna make mistakes, and then let them. So. Okay. Yeah, those are fantastic. Um, I, I think praying every day for your, your kids is absolutely essential. But a practical tip, uh, too, that I think is, is really great is it always make sure that when you discipline your kids, you have an appropriate punishment for the, the crime. For instance, if you're, you know, I know most young kids have uh, trouble putting their shoes on when you're trying to get out the door. And, and if you say, hey, put your shoes on before I count to three or else you're not going to have a birthday this year. Maybe a little, a little too much, uh, but always Large. follow through, be appropriate, but always follow through uh, with, with that appropriate response uh, and, and really be, like I think they said, intentional with it, but also make sure you're, you're not just uh, trying to be quick fix and responding out of anger, but instead, I think, you know, giving them room to make mistakes and follow through out of, out of love and be intentional with that. That's good. Uh, mine is uh, Benadryl. That works for dogs, too, by the way. That's where I am right now, guys. I'll be honest with you. Um, seriously, though, uh, patience is something I'm learning a lot about these days. And it's not really a tip. It's more like, this is what I'm trying to do. And if you're a parent, you understand patience is key and just trying to just take a deep breath, let them scream because they need to get it out in the car. I'd rather it in the car than anywhere in public, but uh, patience is a virtue. All right, let's move on to the next question. Uh, I've heard that sometimes we turn away kids from our kids' environments. Why is that? Why are you looking at me? Oh. No, this is true. Um, and so this is, and this is one of those things when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's terrible. And I would agree. That is one of the things that we try to avoid you know, we want to welcome as many kids as we can every single week, and, and our heart is really that, um, that we want to, anybody that comes to our church, and so 
For one, so when you hear that, the first thing to know is that A, any, any first time guests, we don't turn away first time guests ever, no matter what. Um, but uh, recently we, we implemented uh, some room ratios, meaning that for every, you know, particularly in our preschool hall, that we have a ratio of the number of kids that we feel like is safe um, to be in a room with per every adult that we allow to be in there. Um, and so the, the short answer to this is the reason we turn away kids is we don't have enough volunteers typically. Um, at some point, we're gonna hit a limit in terms of our capacity of the rooms. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting close, particularly in our preschool hall. Um, the other reason that we do that, and so, so, cause what we run into is we would have maybe two volunteers with, and then literally we've had this like about 25 two-year-olds, um, which is just not, honestly, just not a safe place for the two-year-olds um, or for our kit or for the volunteers. Um, and so, so in that, um, with the serve board, one of the things that has been great is we've had about 50 or so people that have said, that have stepped up and said, hey, I'm interested in being a part of a family ministry. And so we're onboarding those uh, as quickly as we can. Um, and so, and with that, I would say, even with, if all 50 of those make it through, make it through, that sounds like there's a, like a, a gauntlet. Um, but, but some people just different commitments or things don't work out or whatever, and is what I mean by that. But um, if all if all 50 of those wind up finishing out, we still have room for some other opportunities, some more things. Because our goal in every environment is that we're trying to connect um, a consistent group of peers or a small group of kids with a caring leader every single week. Uh, and so we're creating those environments in that. Um, one other side that, to that is we also wanna create great environments for our volunteers. Um, and so when we put you know, 30 kids with one leader in a room, it's not a great experience for volunteers and they tend not to come back uh, when we do that. I don't and, know why. And so, <laughs> um, and so one of the things that we've said to our volunteers is, hey, we do care about you and we wanna create a, a place that you love to come and serve every week and where you really can connect with a few group of kids that we have. And so, um, so we're obviously looking for more volunteers to be a part of that um, and we're looking to be at, at a place, like one of my goals for the year um, is that, that, hey, that we don't turn the kids any, mm-hmm. away any week. Um, right. So, um, yeah. I think with the serve board, it was a cool way for, I think, everyone to see that there is a place for you and there is a need and... The serve board's gone for a period of time here, but that doesn't mean the needs are gone. And so we encourage you to uh, still take that next step and, and, uh, and pitch in and make an impact in kids' ministry or any ministry here at the Ridge. Uh, next question, what is the approach when planning a service on Sundays? Would you like me to answer that one for you? Sure, go ahead. Uh, Adam. No, I don't want you to do that. Uh, so, okay, so I am over our programming team and... and we come together each Monday with Tim and, and a couple other uh, staff members to just plan out our, our, our weeks uh, in the next month or so. And listen, we, we uh, understand that every Sunday there are different uh, types of people that walk through those doors from people who have been coming to church their whole lives to people that have walked uh, through those doors for the very first time. And so with that in mind, we try to plan a service that is uh, in, inviting, welcoming, engaging, relevant, and also impactful. And so um, it's kind of like a funnel. If you look at a funnel at the very top, it's the widest it can be, and then it goes down and, and it's to the smallest. And so we look at that as, as uh, a way for us to plan a service. The, the first part of the service, we really want it to be as um, wide open as possible to, to make it as inviting and welcoming as possible for everyone across the board. When they come down and they sit in these chairs, some people have a wall that they've put up and, uh, and our goal is just to chip away at that wall. And so as we start the service, you know, we do songs that maybe you heard on the radio or just fun things to start the service. We want everyone to feel like 
you know what, I, I've heard that before, or I know that, and I think there's a comforting thing there. And then as we move through the worship set and as we get to Tim's talk, we just want to get people to that point where they hear about God each and every week. And we believe that it, sometimes we can alienate people if we start with that. And if they're not ready to hear that part of it, then they're going to be gone, and then we lose them. And we don't want to do that. We want to, we want to take them uh, and, and guide them through this process. And so that's kind of our overall um, mindset when we plan services each and every week. Sometimes that shifts and changes depending on what's happening, but that's kind of our overall view. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. Cool. Uh, next is questions kind of along these lines. How are the series chosen? And really, it's kind of a, uh, they, there's a teaching team. Do you want to talk about the teaching team? Yeah, so every other week I have a, a group. We get together, we talk about the previous services the message, but also the whole service, and then we talk about the future and series we want to do. And so sometimes I'll get some ideas of services and bring them in. I think this is what we ought to do, and we just kind of move forward that way. But uh, they speak into them. And, uh, you know, I'll ask questions like, what, what are some things we need to talk about? You know, what should we be addressing here? I don't believe that God just gives the message to me on a mountaintop someplace and then I come in and say, okay, God told me, no, we're a a body of Christ. And so I just, I'm very open to what the others uh, in the room, there are about six or seven of us, we just talk about what do we need to be talking about and and what series and we get good ideas, we just go back and forth and then uh, it's really a group effort. It, It is so. But if you have ideas also for series, you could let us know about that. You know, why hasn't there been a series on this subject or that, and some of these we may end up addressing here, some we might address in some other places. Some things are not as appropriate for this audience as in some other environment in the church. So, Next question, why, so it's kind of a series of questions here. Why don't we have altar calls? Why don't we have crosses? Why do we call it the auditorium and not the sanctuary? Good questions. All right, well we do have crosses. All the windows in this building are crosses. But I think the bigger question here has to do with the traditions. These are all traditions. And sometimes people come from a variety of different traditions and they think, well, you're supposed to do church a certain way or this is the sanctuary, Uh, this is not an auditorium and I don't see the crosses and you should invite people to come forward based on their traditions. Uh, We're just mindful that all these are traditions. We look at, you know, what is taught in the Bible. For example, we are the temple of God, not a building. You know, that's, the Spirit of God lives in us, Paul wrote. You are the temple of God, I'm the temple of God, and the Spirit lives in us. It's not about a building. And so, why does this matter that we not kind of set apart certain rooms and call them sanctuary or this or that? Well, it changes the dynamic of the room. I had someone once argue with me out in the the lobby area about bringing in coffee. I said, you can bring in the coffee. She said, no, you can't. And I said, yes, you can. She said, no, you can't. I said, well, yeah, no, you can bring it in. She said, no, you can't. And I said, no, you can't. (laughs) Why? Because she thought she's walking across an invisible line. It's a sanctuary now. If it's a sanctuary, you can't drink coffee in here. You know where the sanctuary is? It's wherever you are. Every room should be holy everywhere you go. So this idea you walk across a threshold. Now, in a larger sense, we're trying not to have a facility that's so churchy that people that have had a bad experience at church don't want to come. 
We don't want it to be, we want to be able to use this building for all kinds of things. And so it's there, evidence of our faith is seen everywhere, but uh, it's just not overt for that reason. We feel like, no, this is a tool, it's just a building, and we want to use it in a variety of different ways. So. Great answer. Well, thank you. Well done. Yeah, now the altar thing, again, there's no, that's not in the Bible anywhere, and so usually when I get a list of these, I'll say, well, where in the Bible does it say you should do that? If it's helpful, we want to do it, but we don't do it just because it might be a tradition in a particular church. And we, we do, also, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, so we also yeah. offer prayer after the end of the services for yeah. people to come forward and pray with people um, in that setting, so, and that gives people the opportunity to, to make those responses, to have those responses, and to be prayed for uh, as well. Uh, next question, what does the board do? Who is on the board? And what are the requirements to be on the board? All right. That's a boring question. <laughs> uh, that's wow. Uh, that's very, uh, well, the board actually is responsible <laughs> for what happens here. So they're the final authority in the church. And they come up with the uh, annual budget and the enforcement to make sure that things are spent according to the budget. So there's a group of people that are entrusted with these types of decisions and we're held accountable to the board. You can't be on the board unless a board member nominates you. And then I'll tell you what we look for in board members. One is that they be really humble and teachable and not think that they know everything. We want people that'll just be humble about working with other people. Second, they've gotta have our vision. So sometimes people have pushed people forward to be on the board, but I knew that the person didn't agree with the way we did church. Well, I don't want you on the board. We don't wanna be fighting about whether or not you can play this song in the sanctuary, <laughs> you know? So we don't want that either. And then uh, I think that they need to be ones who uh, really have uh, usually a skill or an ability that they could bring to the table. So we've got some that are engineers, we've got some attorneys. We even have a doctor if we get in a fist fight in the board meeting. So. Uh, no, we just have different ones that can lend certain things. I'm just kidding. Some financial people, but uh, I don't know. It's a very much of a working board, and they're, they're kind of in charge. So, Sounds like a lot of drama. That could be a TV show. Last week on the board meeting, you know what board. I mean? Uh, another question uh, that kind of ties in, how can we find out who is on the Ridge staff and who is on the board? Yeah, uh, you can go to the, uh, the ridge.church, our website, and there's a little tab that says New to CRC, and underneath that says our team. Uh, we have some fresh, hot off the presses. Well, we don't presses anymore, so <laughs> hot off the digital, whatever. Yeah. Uh, pictures of all the staff members as well as our board, who's on the board, and pictures of our board members. Uh, so please check that out. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, next question here. Uh, are members of the uh, LGBTQ plus community welcome here? Okay, what's the next question? <laughs> this is obviously uh, the, probably the hottest subject we got, and I'm, I'm saddened by the way the church uh, overall has handled those in, in the LGBTQ community. Um, obviously, everybody's welcome here, and so we want to be the kind of church that people can attend, regardless of where they are in their spiritual journey. I mean, and we mean that. We want people to come from whatever background. I think the question, though, behind the question is this. Do we think it's okay? You know, do we feel like there are some lifestyles that uh, are maybe sinful or they're not appropriate that we wouldn't endorse and that type of thing? I think that's the question behind the question. In order to answer that question, I think we have to ask a different question, and that is, 
who decides what's right and what's not? Who decides the rules when it comes to morality? Could we each decide whatever we want to do, or are there some rules? And as a church, we've landed on the idea that God is the one who has the right to decide these things, that he's the one who's defined what marriage looks like, what morality looks like, and therefore we're, we would support what we feel God teaches in these areas. Now, in its simplest sense, uh, you know, Jesus was asked the question about adultery. He said, is it okay to, to I'm sorry, divorce. Is it okay to divorce your your spouse for any and every reason. And I wanted to read Jesus' response because it's the same response we'd have to this question, plus other questions about maybe couples that aren't married but are sexually active or a variety of other questions that could fit under this thing. Uh, he was asked about uh, divorce, and in Matthew 19, 4 through 6, he said, haven't you read that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female? And he also said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. What did Jesus do? He went back to the design. You know, people say something sinful. Well, the word sin means to miss the mark. So to the degree that something misses the mark in terms of God's design. And so what do we find if you go back to Genesis? We created them male, and he female, he created them female, and he said, leave your father and mother, cling to one another for a lifelong union. That was, that was the plan. Now we understand sometimes it doesn't work. But this is, this is the design. Now as you get into other places in the Bible, he begins to spell out specific sexual things that aren't good, but they all spring from this, this idea. God is the one who came up with the concept. And so we're gonna endorse a, a really a biblical, what we feel anyway, is a biblical view of the subject of marriage. That's what we'll promote, but again, people are at various places in their spiritual journey, and we welcome anybody here, and we wanna talk about it. I mean, we're willing to talk about it, and maybe in some areas our understanding isn't correct, and, and some things we need to talk more about because they're not even addressed in the Bible. So there's a lot more work to be done on this subject. So. And I know the time frame here, it's hard to, it's hard to really dig yeah, deep into definitely. it. Um, but like you said, conversations and, and um, having, having those relationships and, and those talks, if you, if you want to talk more about that, then you can reach out to any of the pastoral staff, and uh, we would love to be able to talk to you more about that. Okay, two more questions, and then we need to get out of here. Uh, if I've been baptized as an infant, do I need to be baptized again? What if I've been baptized at another church? Yes, I'll take this one. Um, so the short answer is, if I've been baptized as an infant, do I need to be baptized again? Um, we, we would say that at, at the Ridge, we believe uh, that the New Testament teaches um, believer's baptism. Uh, so someone that's put their faith and trust in Christ and professes him as a, uh, professes, professes themselves as a follower of Jesus, that baptism is a public profession of their faith. Um, and so as an infant, they don't have that faith yet. And so we would say that baptism doesn't follow the guidelines that we see in the New Testament. 
Um, doesn't mean, and so in that, um, I know there's different traditions and depending on kind of how you were raised, uh, doesn't mean that that event wasn't significant or meaningful for them. Um, and so we, we practice, like for, so for us, for babies, we have a baby dedication ceremony uh, where we actually ask the parents to uh, kind of go through a ceremony where they're gonna say, hey, we're gonna raise our kids to follow Jesus one day and, and our hopes that one day they would make that profession of faith and put their faith and trust in Christ one day um, for themselves. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the, the baby question there. The, the other side of that is, if I came from another church, don't need to be baptized again? And we would say, as long as you follow the New Testament teaching of you, you were professing follower of Jesus and you were baptized um, uh, with that understanding, then we don't feel like you have to be baptized into our church. Did I get that right, Tim? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I think so. But, yeah. And if you want to uh, learn more about baptism or even get baptized, you can go to our website as well. There's a, a page there, and you can learn more about it and then uh, sign up to, to get baptized. All right, last question. Alrighty. Can you give us a sneak peek of what is planned for Christmas this year? No. All right, that's going to be... That's going to be it for us. Uh, we're over time. I apologize, but uh, hopefully you were helped and, and, and by this. And again, if you have any questions, and I know we didn't get to all of them, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. But Tim, could you pray for us as we wrap things up? Sure. Why don't we pray? Father, uh, just thank you for your church, and we thank you for your word that does spell out uh, life. And we thank you for being with us today and help us to just uh, grab a hold of whatever it is you wanted us to grab a hold of today and apply it to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.